It's another edition of the Let's Boogie Podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the start of college basketball season, which leads in to my interview with our fourth guest ever, Jacob Padilla from Hell Varsity Magazine. And then, you know, just the usual uh, buffoonery that goes on when me and Matt are in the same uh, the same discussion together, you know. What keeps the people coming? What you signed up for? But hey, enough of my yakking. What do you say? Let's boogie. Let's boogie! Let's boogie. If you have crack, let's boogie. <laughs> no one is going into your asshole. I, no well, I wouldn't let him without the crack. So for the first time in many weekends, the only solace for me in sports was not only Liverpool, who once again pulled one out of the fire this weekend against the powerhouse that is Ashton Villa. Uh, the Chiefs won today. Scenes. A, scenes, I tell you. Scenes. The Chiefs Scenes won. in both games. Scenes in both games. Both just dramatic tugging at me my heart emotionally uh chiefs winning on a last second field goal uh when the vikings have been on a roll uh the defense really stepped up today for the chiefs um i was very very pleased uh let's put it that way um i think mahomes is probably back next week and they're going to tennessee so uh yeah the chiefs look uh they look really, uh, really good, man. Although um, shout out to uh, shout out to Moore. He's 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 held his own in the lineup. Been a worthy replacement. No, he definitely has, man. Uh, the, there was a throw he made today to uh, to Sammy Watkins where he barely got it over a D lineman's hands, and then Sammy Watkins caught it with one hand, and it was a cool little sequence. Uh, but yeah, uh, the Chiefs. Finally, they ended their losing streak. They ended their at-home losing streak, so I'm good with that. Uh, Not the same could be said for your Lions today, unfortunately. Not the same could be said for any sports-related teams outside of the Lakers this week. And I don't even watch the Lakers because they always play really inconvenient times. Um, Manchester United lost to Bournemouth, 1-0. Um, it seems like our entire season has been plagued by um, one costly mistake, and this one was bad defending at one point, but also a great touch by Josh King. Uh, and then the Lions, yeah, kind of shit the bed there in the last couple, in the last in the fourth quarter. Uh, defense definitely struggled today, um, but Oakland. Oakland's young core is also looking pretty promising. I'm I'm interested to see what with what they do in the future. Um, and of course, fantasy football sucks. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, fantasy football. It's been good to me, but I also Bigelow's first in both the leagues that we're I in al- together. I also really need money, so I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna talk too much about fantasy football because. I could use some crisp, cool prize money here in a couple weeks. A that crisp dollar, a crisp, uh, you know, a couple bucks would yeah. uh, would really help my bank account. But we're, but uh, as as everyone knows, no one cares about your fantasy football team. So don't. Uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about our own teams. But yeah, internet football is still as frustrating as real football. Um, that's, yeah, that's one way to put it. And also, but, shout out to uh, Tenacious P again. Scoring, scoring the the what was the winner? Our son, 
Look at our son. Look at him grow, man. He's uh, doing things. He's doing things. Uh, he's about the only good thing related to American soccer that is going on in the world right now. So, uh, and, yeah. And another shout out. Uh, this wasn't in the last recording. Uh, Marcus Rashford, Rashford put in one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. The knuckleball free kick is hard to stop. It wavered like two or three times. Go check that out if you haven't seen it. And I don't know if you've seen, I, I, I forgot to talk to you about this. Um, uh, Hungman Son's, uh, tackle on Andre Gomez. Did you see that? I did not see so that. So he tackled him and, uh, Andre Gomez put his leg up and his right foot was sideways. Ugh. Um, and literally, uh, Serge Aurier, the right back for Tottenham walked away as soon as he saw it and started praying. Like people were like, it was nasty. And Son got a red card and I think he's suspended until early December. Good Lord. Yeah, it was bad. But if you like, if, if, if you like gruesome shit, (laughs) That's definitely one yeah. to check out. Give it, give it a Google. Uh, no one, no one likes sports injuries, but there I do. are some some oddballs out there like <laughs> Matt, like who, myself, like Matt, who enjoys looking watching at people people's lives and careers being altered by <laughs> by their their feet being sideways. So then there's then there's the college football team that we both support. They lost again. Uh, looking like a third straight four and eight season may be on deck for Nebraska. We were talking um, about this. People, people were mad at fucking Bo for nine wins a season. Yeah, I mean it's just it's all. There are so many things you can say, so many questions you can ask. Man, it's just such a weird. It's just such a weird time. It really is like the, this whole football season has been so weird. It's been, it's been so much has happened since we were in Boulder, man. Yeah. So much has happened. And that doesn't seem like it was that long ago. The it, peak of we, our season was during a loss. And we thought, we thought at that time that that loss was just like going to be a catalyst, something that would, you know, inspire them the rest of the way like they were even saying afterwards like we want to remember this feeling like we want to you know blah blah blah, 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 blah. and it's just not happened and like there's not a lot that that i want to say i'm not going to be one of these people one of these armchair coaches on twitter who's been you know who acts Critic- like you could do a better job? Who acts like they could do a better job? Yes, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, yes, there are things to criticize, but I mean, you've you've heard it all already. You don't need you don't need to hear it from the mouth of two twenty-something-year-old white kids hosting a podcast. I think the only real thing we can talk about is the fact that Martinez just doesn't look like the same player. He, yeah, and it's just. You really gotta wonder what, like, if it's something in his head, if it's yeah, something it's mental, physically, yeah. if but it's something I mean, different. Because I mean, it, he 
last year was one of the most dynamic, fun-to-watch players in all of college football, and that was what played in to all this preseason Heisman hype and you know a well, lot yeah. of the a lot of the love for Nebraska was Adrian Martinez is good. He could do some things like he last could take season. That, our, he our, could take that team places. Our our season wouldn't have been four and eight last year if Martinez doesn't get injured in that Colorado game. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm, it's we can't say that. I mean, he only missed a game. A game I, and a quarter, but... I, I mean, know, but I'm saying they, last season he could do such great things on oh, his own no, I, that I, he, I agree. he could turn a game around. But this oh. season, it seems like he's the cause of a lot of things, and I'm yeah, not sure what the deal is, no. but I hope There's he figures no, yeah. it out. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, we knew, you know, Scott Frost getting here, we knew it was going to be a process. I just know that there were... There were a lot of people, and I, I think there's even a Frost quote where he said last year that year two was when things were going to take off, and that's not just something he thought. That was something he said he knew for sure. But it's obviously going to be not just a two-year thing. Uh, with the looks yeah. of this team right now, it may be a four-year thing because, I mean... Their best player right now is a tr- is a true freshman, who's five ten was recruited as a wide receiver, but has mostly been playing running back because of injuries. And he 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 looked very good. Oh, he I mean he's 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 phenomenal. He's a stud. He's Wandell Robinson, sensational. I mean he he may he he's one of the a few reasons that I've still turned on Nebraska football. And he's one of the few reasons why I will watch the Maryland game and why uh, my dad and I plan on being in the stadium for uh, the Wisconsin and Iowa games because uh, what's, <laughs> what is it, Brokeback Mountain? I just can't quit you. No, but like. I, ju- I just can't quit you. That's that's us with Husker football. So. Well, to end it on a positive <laughs> note, yeah, Wandale looks great. Um also, Luke, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do in a few years. And you know, the best the best part about being a Husker fan is you know even after this, next week that stadium is going to be packed. Yeah, two weeks. Uh, next week's actually a bye. I didn't oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, didn't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not used to there being two two bye weeks in a year. That's definitely definitely rare. But, yeah. The, that stadium's going to be packed. There will still best be fan base. A, there will still be 80-something thousand people in the seats when uh, Wisconsin comes to town. Um, yeah, let's not talk about that. Uh, <laughs> we don't, let's not talk about that, but uh, we can end the, the football talk on that note. Uh, Basketball-wise, like Matt said, the Lakers have been his, uh, his bell cow sports-wise. They've looked pretty good so far. I saw LeBron had another triple-double today. Um, yeah, um, and... I think the biggest story Lakers-wise is the fact that all of their all of their signings that they made in in the offseason that looked like okay, yeah, this this could actually work out. All those guys have played great. Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard has been a stud on defense. Um JaVale's put in his work. Um KCP finally had a decent game. Um he sucks. <laughs> um, He's bad. He's um, very bad. But I think bringing in AD and LeBron, having those guys that you know are like the guys, you know, the um, the cornerstone of the franchise, 
all those guys don't have to like Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard don't have to put as much pressure on themselves and just kind of relax and play the game. Um, so I think that's um, a factor into their success, but um, I need to actually watch a game because they just play at such inconvenient times. That game the other night on uh, ESPN against the Mavericks was really fun. Um, I don't know what the Mavericks were doing on the last possession of regulation, just leaving Danny Green wide open in the corner. But yeah, that, that was like a like I like I said, I'm not a basketball coach. <laughs> I just uh, I know a little bit about basketball. You just question know, a few things. I, I just question a few things, like you know, yeah, LeBron's on the court, but there's also a guy who's made multiple huge threes in multiple NBA Finals just standing in the corner and baby Steph Curry left, left him wide open. So I don't know what the deal was there, but uh, I've been really impressed by the Celtics so far uh, more than I definitely expected to be. Uh, it helps when you don't have an ass hat running the point. Um, Kemba has been very fun. Uh, Gordon Hayward, I think last year basically might've just been a whole year of rehab work for Gordon Hayward because he's looked light year not light years but ahead of definitely where he how he looked last year uh not really a fan of the fact that they had to hit a buzzer beater to beat the knicks uh that was kind of eh but uh tatum tatum's not taking as many tough twos as he did last year he loved shooting like elbow jumpers or step backs from like the uh, from uh from the block like he just just the Mid-range twos are the least efficient shot in all of basketball if you're a dork and look at analytics like me, and Tatum was like an but analytics Bigelow, Kawhi Leonard scores from the mid-range. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard's the best player on the planet, so let's not compare him to a 20-year-old. But yeah, the NBA's been very fun. Uh, Carl Towns and Joel Embiid, and, uh, just whatever that was uh, <laughs> a couple days, couple yeah. days ago. Um, and 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 Embiid acting like he won after, but you also mentioned mini Steph Curry. We have to talk about the Warriors. Uh, the, the Warriors, Warriors stink, <laughs> and it's uh, the injuries have been an issue, but they also are rolling out like 2012, 2013 <laughs> Lakers Lakers level starting lineups. Yeah, we were uh, we both talked about uh, Rob Perez's tweet. Uh, last night when uh, <laughs> the starters for the Warriors, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go find it. The starters for the Warriors were Kai Bowman, Jordan Poole, Glenn Robinson, Eric Pascal, and Willie Cauley Stein. And uh, the king of NBA Twitter, Rob Perez, said, "Name name a worse NBA starting five at any point in history." <laughs> and uh, the replies to that tweet were interesting as well, but the Warriors have kind of, I guess, the 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 rumor, the word on the street from Woj and NBA insiders is that they're they're already scouting like they're gonna have they're they began scouting like they're gonna have a uh, a high draft pick. Um, they're not gonna have Steph for a couple months. Uh, Clay was already not gonna be. Might might miss the entire season, uh, and it's just not the way they wanted to open a brand new arena. I'd say uh, they have a a hundred something million dollar uh, arena, or I think it was almost close to a billion dollar arena 
in uh, San Francisco is their home this year. And, uh, yeah, it's been definitely less than ideal. One of the funniest tweets I saw was uh, a Warriors fan who tweeted, I bought tickets to Warriors Suns four months ago expecting a blowout. Little did I know I'm going to watch playoff cont- the playoff contending Phoenix Suns blow the Warriors out of the water in their fourth game at their new arena, which, which did happen. Um, I think a lot of basketball fans are just in you-hate-to-see-it mode with the Warriors. Not really, but sarcastically. Uh, the Seinfeld gif where he's, like, eating popcorn and he just says, that's a shame, and shakes, <laughs> and shakes his head the entire time. That's what That's what comes to mind for me every time I see the Warriors just getting their asses handed to them. Uh, I'm sure you can relate to uh, being <laughs> being a Laker fan. So yeah, fuck the Warriors. <laughs> uh, I know who's not happy. That is uh, Steph Curry fanboy Matt Schald, who uh, Schald is you, a Steph Curry fanboy. Steph Schald is a big Warriors Steph Curry fanboy. Um, Schald, I don't know those, if you're listening, but I shouldn't have let you on. For those <laughs> of you at home uh, wondering, yes, Schald is still alive. Uh, we've kind of gone MIA with Here Comes the Money the last couple weeks. Uh, we've had some other predicaments come up, whether it be uh, companions in Shald's case. Or Halloween. Or, or Halloween and alcohol. That was the case this week. Uh, yeah, let's not talk about that. But um, we will hopefully be back this week because the biggest game of the year in college football is this uh, is next week. Uh, LSU and Alabama, but Schaub and I were in attendance for Nebraska's exhibition game this past Wednesday against Doan College, the first uh, game of the Fred Hoiberg era. Uh, that was, I mean, yes, it was an exhibition game against the team that was picked to finish 10th in, in their uh, NAIA conference, but uh, Nebraska basketball is going to be fun. I'm really excited. Uh, if you're listening, to, we, you'll probably be listening to this on Tuesday. Nebraska will open their seasons tonight against UC Riverside at 8 o'clock Central Time on Big Ten Network, the official opener of the Fred Hoiberg era. Uh, it's going to be fun. I'm really looking check it forward out. to Check it out. Uh, give it a watch. Give it a listen. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Matt, I know you said you were hoping that you'll be able to get the game out in uh, out in Colorado. <coughs> uh, we call it Rado. <laughs> to, uh, you wouldn't know. I know. I'm not a local like you. you yeah. <laughs> I'm not a, a native. Not, yeah, a native. We'll transition from that into my interview with Jacob Padilla. Jacob he has known me since uh, I first started as a basketball manager back at Omaha Central. I was about uh, 35 pounds lighter, uh, a little <laughs> less awkward, and um, I, lo- I thought growing my hair out was quirky back when uh, Jacob met me. But all these years later, uh, we've I still love talking basketball with the guy. Uh, we talked about doing this interview for a really long time. Uh, just two dudes named Jacob who happened to share the same birthday. Uh, we're both uh, June 15th boys, and uh, we both just uh, kind of live and breathe for basketball. That's uh, scary. 
we talk about uh, talk about Nebraska, obviously, because that's uh, Jacob gets paid to cover Nebraska. We talk Creighton, uh, UNO, a little bit of NBA, and some high school hoops. So if you want some good basketball talk, uh, this one's for you. Uh, Jacob Padilla, talk to the people. Jesus. What? That's how you're starting? Today, I am lucky enough to be sitting in the offices of Hale Varsity Magazine here in downtown Lincoln with our fourth guest to join the show. That is Jacob Padilla. He is a staff writer here at Hale Varsity covering Husker football, Husker basketball, and Husker volleyball. And with basketball season kicking into full gear this week with the start of college season, I figured no better time to have Jacob on the show. Welcome to the program. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a while, and I'm glad to finally make it happen. Nope, gotta gotta make things happen, make things go. Um, I really shouldn't like you as much as I do. You're a prep grad, Creighton guy, but uh, I like you a lot. We can have we have had some very interesting discussions about basketball ever since you met me way back in a very weird time when I first dove into the basketball student manager lifestyle as a junior at Omaha Central, slinging water bottles and grabbing rebounds for Coach Ben Holling. Probably the weirdest Omaha Central basketball year this century, but uh, that was when I first met you and Mike way back when, and uh, it's crazy that how our paths have continued to intersect all these years later, whether it be via high school ball or uh, with Nebraska basketball. Um, And like I said, we... uh, People will be listening to this uh, the day of Nebraska's season opener just down the street at Pinnacle Bank against UC Riverside. Had the exhibition game against Doan the other night. Uh, Whether it be, you know, there's a lot of, this is going to be a fun year for basketball in this state. Whether it's the start of the Hoiberg era at PBA, kind of a, not necessarily a prove it year, but a what can they? What's their ceiling year for Creighton? Yeah. Uh, UNO. You never know in the Summit <laughs> League with UNO. They've got a lot of guys coming back. Some guys who kind of dipped their toes in the water last year that are going to be able to contribute more this year. I feel like, uh, and then high school ball with uh, you know the the show that is going to be Millard North. But they're not going to be the only show. The rest of Class A will have something to say about that. And we're both going to be pretty tuned in to all of it. Um, so to start off, I wanted to ask you, so we, we were both at the exhibition game the other night. Um, have you seen, what is the most insane overreaction to, an exhibi- to that exhibition game you've seen so far? Oh, um, honestly, I haven't seen too many. I think a lot of people realize that it's Dome. And also, I don't think I follow a ton of diehard, like, uh, basketball fans. Like, I, I'm i pretty uh, selective with my follows. Like, if you're just going to be, like, an insane uh, ranting Homer fan, like, I don't necessarily – I'm not quick to follow. So I, yeah. I've got a, a, a select group of uh, Husker fans that I, I follow and converse with regularly. And But uh, I, haven't, I haven't really seen a whole lot of overreactions, I think. Part of that, I mean, we saw a lot of good and a lot that was uh, kind of went unanswered in that game as well. So I think everybody's just kind of waiting until we actually see them against a uh, Division One team at the very least before 
really going out there. Yeah. The team that was picked to finish 10th in the G-Pack <laughs> isn't exactly, you know, the proper sample size well, to make reactions, but you really never know. Well, especially with, with uh, Trace Tupper, 6'10", 240-pound center who shot 74% from the field last year, a Lincoln Northeast graduate. He's on the shelf all year, so that was unfortunate. <laughs> it's kind of funny that um, they actually were going to run into and have probably a better test just in terms of size against an NAI team than some of the games they'll play in the non-conference, but uh, alas, it was not meant to be. No, and the would have been, I mean, there, there was already enough, uh, well, not enough, but there was already a lot of local talent on the court. Uh, you got to feel for Trace. Would have been able to play in Lincoln. That would have been cool, but I agree with you. Um, he's, a, he's a tough guy. He's always been a tough, tough post player. Would have been interesting to see Ivan going up against him, but uh, we'll see on Tuesday when people were probably listening to this. I thought, I found it was interesting in that post game how Coach Hoiberg seemed. Not like panicking, but you could tell he's like, this team we're going against has a seven footer. Like, we're going to have to do some stuff to like prevent this guy from having, you know, having the Derek Pardon freshman year 20 and 15 game, you know, the coming out party against Nebraska that seems to happen somewhat often for these big guys when they come to PBA. Yeah, and that's kind of the big question. And honestly, I guess we'll have to see kind of how many minutes Ivan can play and whatever. But physically, it the I think it, they might have more problems with fours than they do fives this year. Uh, unless Ivan just fouls every time down the four. But um, because so the, the question was, who what was the starting lineup going to be? And I know John Rothstein way back when put out he uh, had uh, Monte Cavas at the four and didn't have Deshaun Burke in the starting lineup. And... I, I was kind of like, oh, I, I, I don't know about Burke not being in there because, honestly, I think Burke might end up leading him in scoring this year. I think he, but, he'd probably be my pick, too. Uh, uh-huh. I think, I mean, we heard it all last year about uh, Palmer having to go up against him in practice. Uh-huh. And I think, com- I mean, even that compared to these Juco guys, you know, already Deshaun – has a grip on what it's like to go up against an all big 10 guard every day. Yeah. And he's, you know, a Jersey boy, tough kid. Um, I think he, I mean, he'd be my pick to lead him in scoring. And I think he's going to be at least at the start of the year, the most reliable guy that you can count on. Yeah. Especially in the, the backcourt. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was thinking. But then he took the three other guards with him to big 10 media days at Cam actor, Ray Green and Hanif Cheatham and Cheatham um, is going to be the, the leader on this team already. He's a fifth-year guy. Um, been around college basketball for a while now, a couple of different programs, a few different coaches, and he kind of came in and grabbed that leadership right away, and I think that's part of why they brought him in because, like, on the court-wise, I think he's more of a kind of utility guy, glue guy, than necessarily a leading guy. Um, I think Cam Mack and Deshaun Burke can kind of be more of those guys that create a lot of the stuff for you. But uh, so, so the question was, like, if – does Gervais come off the bench then? Like that's he was really highly touted and talked him up as well, and he's capable of um, exploding really at any point. But so Hoiberg going up against a, a team that didn't start anybody over six seven, um, starting six five, cheat him at the four and just going with four guards that was a problem. Um, we'll see if that's something they stick with or if that was simply a matchup problem. Let's get everybody out there because they're not going to be able to beat us inside. So that's kind of one of the big questions I have left is, can you play? Can you survive with four guards? Are you going to be able to rebound? Or are you going to be able to stay out of foul trouble well enough against a team that has more than one big? And that's what we don't know yet. 
But it was kind of interesting to see that he said, you know what, I'm just going to throw all these guys out there. Yeah, I feel like if you're you're an opposing coach, you know, and you're scouting Nebraska, you kind of have you, – there's two choices you can make. You can either be like, all right, we know we're bigger than this team. We're just going to out-physical them, out-rebound them, and that's how we're going to win the game. Or this up-tempo, you know, we can you can think – you can try to outscore them or you can try to you, you can try to bully them. And I think that's – Kind of the choice you're going to have to make. I think most teams are going to lean toward the first one. I don't know if anyone's going to want to try to get in a track meet with this team, even though it's first year, new t- new players, new team, whatever. Speaking of track meets, Nebraska Creighton is going to be fun. Nebraska Creighton yeah. is going to be fun. I don't know what – I would love to see what the total for that game is going to be. <laughs> I think it would probably have to be – in the like in the one eighties for me to not want to take the over, but yeah. that's gonna be that's gonna be fun, and uh, I mean it's gonna be fun for years to come with just the two styles that are so similar, exactly. But with some unfortunate circumstances for the Jays with uh, yeah. the injury to Jacob Epperson, um, that does you know that game was already gonna be interesting. It was already gonna be you know. What's Hoiberg gonna? What's the first matchup of the Hoiberg era gonna be? But now it's just gonna be guards running and a lot of threes, and that's just gonna be fun. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about that. And that's that's kind of one of the thing I noticed when, or just kind of thought about when Hoiberg was finally announced, and it was like this this is gonna get real interesting between these two teams because previously, obviously Creighton until this year. Um, with an outlier shooting performance by Nebraska, finally beat the Jays. First win, first and only win for Tim Miles against Greg McDermott on his way out. But uh, now, so you've got such a similar style. You guys are going to be recruiting more head-to-head. We've already seen it a little with in-state guys um, a little bit here. So it'll it'll be fascinating to kind of just see how these, how these two teams kind of progress now that they're kind of more on a parallel track than they were previously now because of you know the simulation that we live in the last (laughs) nebraska coach with multiple wins against creighton is now the lead assistant (laughs) under fred hoiberg at nebraska which is just i don't the simulation just keeps getting weirder and weirder doc sadler's back fred hoiberg's the head coach it's just it's it's gonna take a lot I mean, I know I'm not the only one who said this, but I mean, it's gonna take a, it's gonna take some getting used to. I can imagine for you guys in that post game on uh, on Wednesday night, that was just that was <laughs> just you probably well, a few of you probably sat there like, wow, yeah. this is real. Like this is this is this is actually this is actually happening. Well, yeah. <laughs> what what made it even more real was when you look at the shot chart and the way they played and the, the tempo and all that stuff. It's like this team is already kind of adopting everything that Hoiberg's trying to hammer in. And I think that's part of going out and recruiting an entirely new roster is you didn't have to break guys of previous tendencies. You just had to go find guys that you knew were going to fit into what you wanted to do. And then you can mold them going forward. So I think that allows for a much quicker kind of transition where you're building up as opposed to breaking down first and then building back up. No, I agree 100%. I will say the I liked one thing that I really liked. I'm not just saying this because I love the kid to death. I loved Thor and Cam Mack on the floor together. Yeah. I loved because just the, the combo of the two of them, Thor – could be like the level head in like the mat and like the mad if it gets crazy or if it gets on you. Thor can be Thor can be the guy like 
I've been here. Like I've done this. Like I can, he can be the level head and just the combination of the two of them, their basketball IQs. Like they just know they, yeah. they're, they both are very skilled passers with high basketball IQs yeah. and them on the floor together. I liked that a lot. Yeah. And that's, that's actually what I used as my lead in was um, struggling to get off, uh, to get off the ground at the beginning of the game door checked in. And the only familiar face for fans, like Deshaun was here, but he didn't get a play. So Thor's the only guy that they've ever seen play in that jersey. And he's a guy that comes in and sparks them immediately. 9-0 run. They've got the lead. Um, he had two back cuts for layups. And that's where you're talking about kind of the, the chemistry between uh, Cam Mack and Thor. Is uh, Mack is a guy that's going to hit you. If you make that cut, you catch that defense sleeping, you're getting the ball. Uh, so we saw that what he had like – Three or two or three. I think it was three. I yeah, I think he had three. three back cuts, and then he had a transition layup as well. Ended up with ten points. Um, so now we got to see right away what they were talking about when Hoiberg talked about. Yes, this guy is a good fit for what I want to do, even though he's maybe not the best perimeter shooter, but he knows how to play, and that's the kind of player that um, Hoiberg needs in his system. Yeah, Thor's. You know, with his international ball experience. I mean, I've watched. I mean. I've watched his FIBA. I watched some Iceland games, and like I, Iceland played, they play fast. They play up tempo. Like I can definitely see where Thor fits, and uh, I'm excited to see what the year has in store for him, man. But um, yeah, so Tuesday night, UC Riverside, the start of an interesting non-con slate for Nebraska. Uh, this year's just a big. I mean, it. We're all just gonna be sitting back and just seeing what this team can do really i feel like most people are have just accepted the fact like it's a learning experience it's a learning year it's a year to grow uh we'll see we'll see where it goes i mean yes wins and losses still matter but i think growth is i think people have accepted growth is the number one goal um to see what can be done in year one under, you know, under an established coach who's, you know, his goal is going to be to take this, take Nebraska basketball to places, places people have never heard of before, you know, never been, never heard of, well, they've heard of it, obviously, <laughs> it's, you know, the NCAA tournament and winning games, but, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun next couple of years for uh, Nebraska. I gotta, I can't have you on here without asking you about Creighton. Uh, obviously, uh, the big blow with uh, Epperson going down, uh, you, it's tough. I mean, he yeah. he can't catch a break. No. It's you really, no matter who you're a fan of, I mean, you you never wish the bad luck that he's had on, on anybody. Um, they obviously, I think whoever put that win total out at 21 was obviously before the Epperson injury. But the Big East is kind of not really a mystery, but it's also kind of a like. I'll wait and see. I can't even think of the right word because, like, at the top, like, Villanova obviously lost some guys to the league. So they're not going to be what they were, but they're still going to be good. Marquette, you lose the Housers, but you still have Marcus Howard. Marcus Howard. Like, there's no other way. There's no other way to describe it but Marcus Howard. But the question with Marquette is always what are they going to do inside? What are they going to do? I mean, literally, aside from Marcus Howard, like, where, where are they going to get something? And then there's kind of everyone else. Well, so... And then, well, Seton Hall was, with, you know, Miles Powell and 
they're like number 12 in the preseason poll. Yeah. A team that came to Lincoln last year that, and lost by 25. That is like that was my issue all last year and going into this year is I was at that game. They looked so bad, and Nebraska did that to them. So, like, I could not get over that all season long as they were getting some of these wins moving up. I was just like, yeah, I still don't think they're any good. And But they bring in everybody back from there. They close strong. And um, I think they're second. They're projected second. A lot of places have them first in the league. I think Villanova's getting kind of that nod of respect that Jay Wright's earned for a lot of people. But it's basically those two at the top. And then I think after that, three through seven, any order, I think. And that's yeah. kind of the same thing last year. It was basically a tie three through, yeah. through seven last yeah. year. Yeah, there's going to probably be uh, probably be a few more ties in, yeah. the, in the Big East standings, I would have to say. So I think the Big East this year is going to be a lot like last year in terms of comparing to each other, but I also think the kind of those middle pack teams are all taking a step forward. I think the league's going to be a lot better, kind of like um, regarded a lot more than it was last year because last year was definitely a down year for the Big East. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of those, like Providence and Creighton, um, and, and some of these other teams, Zapier, a lot of these teams that were kind of more NIT teams, bubble teams, I think they'll kind of take that step forward uh, and maybe not be top 15 teams, but they'll be tournament teams and will be quality teams all season long. So. I think I heard, I heard a, someone said the Big East is going to, is a lot, uh, last year it was a lot of NIT teams. Yeah. And then they said, I think it was, I think it was John, actually, I think it was John Nayatala. I think he said the Big East is a lot of eight and nines, a lot of eight, nine seats. A lot of a lot of nights in the Big East are going to be like eight nine games in the NCAA tournament, just beating each other up. You never you could go either way really. Yeah. And the you know people I feel like it's more often applied to the Big Ten. Like oh the middle it's just everyone just bullies each other in the middle of the Big Ten, but it's also going to be pretty prominent in the Big East on the national scale. Are you on the Michigan State consensus national championship train? Um. I am to a certain degree. I think they, there's a lot there, but already they're having the injury issue. Joshua Langford out again until January, foot issue. He Poor guy just can't get healthy. Yeah, speaking of bad luck. And, but Arns is hurt too, uh, one of their um, wings. So like they, they're already kind of running into some injury issues. But yeah. um, I think they deserve that kind of respect just based off of what you have in Cassius Winston uh, as the best point guard in the game. Yeah. Um, and then around him, you've got Xavier Tillman, who, I mean, Nick Ward was what he was offensively, but he was a big defensive liability. Yeah. And there, there were a lot of games last year where Tillman was playing ahead of him in important situations. And I think that's... Tillman maybe maybe not won't maybe won't score as much as Ward did, but I think he could make them a better team just with his defensive ability. And you've got Aaron Her- and yeah, Aaron Henry on the wing. Um Bresca actually recruited him for a little bit, I believe. Yeah. Um but uh you got him on the wing kind of progressing as a sophomore here. A lot of like a lot of like NBA draft Twitter people think he's probably the best NBA prospect in the conference. Um, and then you've got some shooters. You got uh, a couple good recruits in there. A couple bigs for front court depth. You got Rocket Watts. I mean, you got a dude named Rocket. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I I haven't even watched any of his highlight tapes, but his name is Rocket Watts, and he's a four or five star type of kid. So um, I think he'll probably get to play a lot early on with Langford out. So there's a lot of pieces there, um, but I don't think I'm certainly not taking them over the field or even a large group of teams. Yeah. But I think they're deserving number one. 
Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I, I when I saw this was the first time they've been preseason number one under Izzo, I, I was just like, really? Yeah. Like, I was, took me by surprise. But well, it uh, seems like they're always done better. Uh, kind of imp- like over um, overachieving more so than having a lot expected of them and then matching. Oh, I, no, it, so. I agree because that that team a couple years ago with. Uh, with Bridges yeah. and Tom Tom and where it, you know it all came apart against Middle Tennessee when it seemed like they were everyone's yeah. cha- title pick. Seems yeah. like that was they were everyone's title pick that year. I definitely could definitely see. I definitely agree with you when they they definitely have a tendency to overachieve under Izzo when there's not as many expectations. Also, can't forget about the two coaches' kids at the end of the bench on that team. That was cool the other night when Tom's son got his first points. That was cool. And then Fred's son too got the oh, coaches' kids. The coaches' nice. kids on that on that team too. Yeah, I, I didn't see that he had scored. Now. No, he cool. got in in the exhibition and uh, he made made the second of two free throws. And Tom Tom started tearing up. He was <laughs> he cracked a smile and he started tearing up. Some rare, you know, in the few the few times as a manager where I was in close proximity to Izzo, he was just stone stone faced. <laughs> Because the weird thing, I mean, he's one of the, he was one of the few coaches every year when Michigan State came to PBA where he wouldn't be in the locker room the whole time. He'd come out and watch warmups. So we we'd be on the far end of the court, you know, where the where the visiting team bench was, just sitting, you know, watching them warm up, and just I'd turn to my left and go, "Oh shit, <laughs> that's 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 Tom Izzo." Like, oh okay, <laughs> good good to see you, coach. But um, yeah, Michigan, I don't. The rest of, I mean, yeah, I definitely agree with you. The field, I will not take them over the field. It's not, you know, it's not a tiger versus the field. You take tiger type of type of thing. But I mean, I'm just excited. It's basketball season, man. And this will be my this will be my transition to the NBA. How about your sons so far? How about them? How about your sons? Monty making an early case for coach of the year. even with all the stuff uh, surrounding Aiton, they've just—I don't know what it is, man. But like, they watched uh, watched the game the other night against uh, Golden State. Obviously, overshadowed by Steph breaking his hand, that but was unfortunate. that yeah. was unfortunate. You know, that's what we'll call it. We, uh, <laughs> but um, the, how about it, man? They're fun. They're fun. I really, yeah. I really have liked watching them so far. Yeah, and man, four points away from undefeated record right now against two good teams. Like it's just kind of crazy to see what they've done so far this year. And I so I was kind of in a weird spot heading into the year. Um, like just in terms of I um did some like answered some season preview questions over at Bright Side of the Sun, which is kind of where I got my official sports writing start. Mm-hmm. Um uh, they brought us back of brought back a few of us old timers um out of retirement just kinda answer some questions and Last one is obviously kind of rec- uh, record prediction. And I think I went with 32 wins, um, just kind of split the middle. Because, man, you you, ha- you have to you had to have watched this team last year to understand how bad it was and why it was as bad as it was. And the reason was, was they were playing non-NBA players around Devin Booker yeah. and DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was really bad. So I don't even know, like, the, the – the newcomers have made a big difference. Rookie Rubio and Dario Saric and Frank Kaminsky and Aaron Baines and I don't. I'm still trying to figure out like the kind of the how much is them being upgrade over replacement or was it more the fact that the guys they had playing were so far below replacement 
that any good player would have completely made that big of a leap. So it's it, it's been fun to watch right now. We'll see kind of how it plays out. We've still got, what, 22-ish game, twenty yeah, 22-ish, I think, games without Aiden left. So mm-hmm. they'll have to kind of keep building as they are and then find a way to reintegrate him once he gets back. And it's a long season. You never know what could happen. But just the fact that they're competent and competitive every single night mm-hmm. um, is going to make this season just unlike anything we've had in the last few years. I mean, this season already, like for the NBA, you know, it was already probably the most anticipated NBA season in God only knows how long with all the movement and the diminishing of big threes and a lot more big twos duos all around but i mean we're two weeks in and it's already just (laughs) not disappointed at all um you know the the clippers i don't they're i just i i'm friends with too many laker fans i'll just put it out there (laughs) i'm friends with too many laker fans my freshman year roommate here ran a Lakers Twitter account that has like 12,000 followers and I I've talked too much about the Lakers. And going into this year, people were just all my Laker fan friends were like, "Oh, the Clippers are still the Clippers." I'm like, "The Clippers are not the Clippers anymore, man. The Clippers are not the Clippers." Kawhi Kawhi is a problem. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just and the the whole mentality that the Clippers have had these last couple years like of just being of just being dogs really yeah. just getting after you like just being just being dogs that and then you add arguably the best defender of this generation maybe and we'll see what Paul George does cuz yeah. you never know what to think about Paul George and in, in uh important games you just need to put joe ingles on him and you'll be okay according to the according to the playoffs last year but well he also only had one functioning shoulder at that point which is why he's still not playing yet yeah um he was an mvp candidate until he got hurt yeah so that um i don't necessarily know how fair that is but uh Hey, we're gonna well, see I'm this just, year, I'm, see just I'm just saying like, what the internet says, but, man. Yeah. NBA, NBA. It's not just NBA Twitter. It's NBA on the internet, man. It's just see that's it's, NBA on the internet and NBA Twitter are two very different. Yeah, because <laughs> um, uh, there are so many casual fans out there. But oh, anyway, for um, sure. No, you're 100. But you just think about once they get healthy, Pat Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Mo Harkless whoever you want to throw it out at the five, like who is scoring on that perimeter defense? Like that is... No, yeah. And then on the other end, you've got, again, two MVP candidates and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So I... I mean, they're, yeah. they're going to be my pick to win it this year. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, they're a deserving favorite. That The, the, the roster move... Kind of will see long-term how it plays out and the health of the franchise and everything they gave up. And But they, for competing right now... The, the moves they pulled off, the man, the way they managed to keep the kind of core of their mm-hmm. – um, last year they were good because they had so many guys that could make an impact on any given night. And you still kept a lot of those guys. You got, you got Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell coming off your bench. Yep. Like what even is that? <laughs> yep. like, uh, those guys are both capable of going off for 30 any night. Heck, Lou could give you 40 on any given night. Um, and so those are you got, guys got coming off your bench. Um, so they're – I think – just the depth they have and the pieces they have, they're going to be tough for anybody to beat in a game seven series or a seven game series. If, oh yeah, if they're healthy. Right. Um, but there are a lot of other teams that are going to figure things out as the season goes on, and uh, I think the playoffs are going to be a lot of fun this year. I mean, they, they, they always are, man. Uh, transition from the NBA uh, to high school ball in this state, obviously 
Uh, if you have any, I've, even the casual fans you've of high school basketball in Nebraska, you've heard about the hype train that is Millard North uh, with all the Power Five schools that have been in the building, whether it be to, well, Max Morrell obviously committed to Stanford and then the recruiting, not saga, but I mean, it's going to be fun to yeah. watch Hunter Salas's recruitment go on. Uh, he's had quite the summer. And then Jason Green's, uh, I've, I've heard some <laughs> people say Jason Green might have the best college career of the, the big three there, uh, that he's got the highest ceiling. But I mean, it's, going to be interesting there hasn't been this much preseason talk about a high school team in nebraska in quite well probably since that central team my freshman year but, but uh, i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be fun yeah well especially when you consider the fact that they didn't they didn't even make state last exactly. year exactly so, and basically <laughs> most of those guys are back yep um, they lost two two kind of key players from that team but they got everybody else back and so that's going to be the big question here is how do all these guys mesh and can they find a way to consistently be as good as their talent should allow? Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a veteran coach there, um, but I think this team is kind of different than a lot of uh, some of the ones that Tim Cannon has had recently. So I think he's going to have to adjust and kind of loosen the reins a little bit and let the talent be the talent. Otherwise, they're going to be in more games than they probably should. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, a big move with uh, having Jaden Johnson come back across from Council Bluffs to join them, so now you don't have to have Hunter Salas playing point guard. And I've seen some, like, recruiting experts, like, they're they're kind of evaluating Hunter as a point guard right now, and I just I just don't agree with that. I don't think that's the best use of his skill set or where his highest ceiling is. Um, I Kid is just a bucket getter. Like, his oh, yeah. scoring instincts and touch and all that stuff are just through the roof. The potential is there. He's long. Um, we'll see how much he grows. I thought he had a chance to kind of get um, get a little bit taller just based on his mom and kind of some genetics there and how long he was as a young kid. Um, uh, he hasn't really grown a ton in the past year, so we'll see if he's got another growth spurt late on him, but he's about six three and a half now. Um, I, I figure it's six four, six five, six six. If he got in that range, then like game over. Like now you can guard pretty much anybody and – so right now, at his current height, he's kind of more locked into that kind of guard-ish versus wing. But uh, um, I just think, like, his scoring is what he does best. Off-ball defense, getting in passing lanes and um, swarming guys, that's what he does best. I don't think you want him handling the ball and trying to make plays for everybody else and um, trying to stay in front of lightning-quick point guards that he'll face at the high major mm-hmm. level. So. Um, I, I absolutely love the kids game. I've, uh, noticed him back in eighth grade. It was like, this, this kid's kind of, he actually came to our futures camp before I, I knew Chucky at that point, yeah. and Jaron and those guys. Yeah. I didn't really know who Hunter was yep. and I kind of took notice of him then because Hunter was playing with, I imagine that, uh, Back in middle school. That was, all, my, that was in my middle school. Yeah. That was oh, in my then, middle school. And then Jason Green playing <laughs> yep. up with that group in Nebraska yep. Hoops Elite. Like, yep. just imagine trying to play against that team. Oh, but, uh, man. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's kind of crazy to see how quickly he's progressed from there and what he's become now. But So you've got – and then you've got a guy like Tyler Sandoval, 6'7 kid, 6'8, um, coming off the bench. He's arguably the most improved player in the state over the last year – or since the start of the summer. Like, I – I will be honest. I I did not think he was very good at the start of the summer. He uh, he's a kind of kid that just finished what was there. Um, struggled against defense. Now he's making plays on his own. He's handling the ball. He's hitting jumpers. 
Um, like you have that kid coming off the bench because you've got Jason and Max starting the front court. Um, mm-hmm. And you've got uh, kind of St. Thomas as a energy rebounder, can passer, kind of says you connector guy on the wing there between Jaden and um, Max or Max, Jaden and Hunter. So um, then you got a couple de- bench pieces off uh, that'll help kind of. So they've got depth, they've got length. Um, they'll be able to mix it up between man and zone and really wreak havoc with the one three one. And so they're going to be a lot of fun to watch if they can kind of really come together and be consistent. And that's the one question left because, like you mentioned, there. Couple other teams in particular that I think um, can mash them, just in terms of roster balance and depth and talent at the top. Yeah, man. Uh, Class A. I mean, it's going to be. I mean, it, I there are people, a, a lot of casual people who you know they see all these offers for these Millard North guys. They just assume Millard North is going to run roughshod over Class A. And I'm, I know you. I've you've watched these guys play a lot yeah. more than I have, but just from what from what I can tell, I mean, I think there's a, a, at least three or four teams that I'm not going to say are going to beat them, yeah. but are going to be able to you know go toe for toe with them, and yeah. those games are going to be you know must see must see type stuff. And I agree with you. I love I I like once again, you've watched Hunter play a lot more than I have. In the small sample that I've watched, he's just so smooth. smooth. He's so smooth with everything he does. Almost, I mean, nonchalant is bad, is a bad way to put it. But just like when we were standing at Fall League a couple weeks back and he just went up for a put back and he didn't like, he didn't celebrate. He didn't be like, like flex on, like he wasn't trying to flex him. He just went up. Yammed on a dude, got back, like nonchalant, didn't like, like just like, all right, no, nope, that's something I can do. I yeah. know I can do it. And that was his second dunk of the game a few minutes earlier. <laughs> this time, right on a kid's head, yep. down, down the baseline, cocked it back, threw it down. Like that stuff he wasn't doing last summer. Yeah. He wasn't, or last year, wasn't doing at the start of summer. That's kind of, um, as June and July kind of played out, he started um, kind of similar thing with Chucky Efron is he just started out of nowhere last year started dunking everything and yep. <laughs> everything was a two foot two hand jump stop type of dunk and then um i saw at a tournament late in the spring i think it was um half court back cut catch go up one hand on the game <laughs> like okay he's doing that now too yeah so like seeing those two continue to get better is going to be a lot of fun and um uh, I, I'm so much looking forward to the season getting started. Oh, I'm right there with you, man. Um, I think we've talked about this before uh, in our, you know, our fall league discussions. I think the the race between Latrell Wrightsell and uh, Jay Booth to lead the state in scoring is gonna be is gonna be a ton of fun. And Central and West Side are all, are also two of the teams that are gonna be able to, you know go punch for punch with Millard North at least for a little bit. And then Bellevue West with Chucky. And then the team that people have forgotten about, well, not forgotten about, but it's kind of been lost in all this offseason hoopla, is the defending state champs down at Omaha South who, you know, there's just – it's just – it's not a one-team show in Class A. There's yeah. a lot of a lot of talent, a lot of good teams with some good coaches, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah, and – I think the yeah south south and west side those are I think there's a clear top three with um, Miller North Omaha Central and Bellevue West just in terms of what they have on their roster yeah in terms of depth and size and length and all those type of things south south and like south and west side are both ridiculously talented in the backcourt they've got so many guards that can really play 
Um, neither one of them. You got Rashawn McNeely, but he's injured right now. Um, I got a few guys in that front court for Omaha South. They're injured right now, so they don't they don't have a ton of depth and um, they don't have a ton of size. Kind of the same thing. Like, um, Westside has a lot of guards, but again, no no real size. Yep. So that's kind of where they're going to struggle. But if they're shooting well and they're really defending what they can't like they can, both sides are really physical, gritty. They got some kids that really love to get after it. So that those are the type of teams that can certainly throw kind of a wrench in things for those top teams where like they're going to have to go out and earn a win against the, that team every night cuz they're just going to play so hard. Yeah. I mean, how about how about Miller Norris, you know, last 10 days of that of their schedule. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it was going to be tough and then they added the yeah. game out in Grand Island against IMG Academy, but I mean, literally February 11th against uh, Papio South, and then February 14th Bellevue West at Bellevue West, 15th IMG Academy out in Grand Island for Heartland Hoops, the 18th Lincoln North Star with Donovan Williams, and then their last game of the regular season on a Friday night at home against Central. That <laughs> is how about that? I hadn't even looked at that. How that about is... that for literally all those games in 11 days? That that is insane. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that is going to be a lot. And that's even that's – and then we'll have a chance at some rematches or whatever in the postseason exactly. as well. So that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. I, I hadn't even looked at the schedules yet yep. to see that. But that – yeah, that is – we're going to learn a lot from I that mean, 11 Miller days. North Central last night of the regular season. Like who that, scripted that? Who like, that scripted that? Exactly. That's going to – I mean, that's going to be – Miller North Gym is going to be full, and it's going to be, I mean, on a lot of nights, but, I mean, that, you couldn't pick a better final game of the regular season. That's going to, I mean, we're talking about stuff that's going to be going on in February. It's November 1, but yeah. that's just yeah, that's, gonna... that's just us being the basketball <laughs> nerds that we are, man. Yeah, um, getting to that point where i got to start writing down my schedule, try to figure out. All right, so I got Nebraska basketball this day. I got Nebraska volleyball this day. I got high school games this day. I might have a chance to go to. I've got my brother's games this day. Like yep. we're, we're, we're getting that time of the year, and we've still got football going for uh, another month or so. Yep. So, no. so um, busiest time of the year I mean, for me. I'm going, I'm, I think I'm headed up to Seward tonight to go watch Concordia's uh, home opener, watch uh, the mayor of Seward, Brevin Slope, and Concordia. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's just – I need to keep a running tally of how many different gyms I'm in this year yeah. for basketball. Need I to actually, have a running tally. <laughs> I, I actually did last year because I was curious just for the high school games. I didn't even count the the any of the college games, whether GPAC, JV, um, whatever. Um, but uh, ended up going to 95 high school games last <laughs> oh my year. God, uh, a few of the, a few of those were girls' games. Few of those were JV games, but the final total was ninety five. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I don't know if I can. Don't know if I can match those numbers. Yeah. I'm just a, just a little rookie here, but I don't know if I can match those numbers quite yet. So, touch on volleyball real quick. That's where you're headed as we record this um, emotional week for the volleyball team with uh, 
tragic passing of grad manager uh, Dan LeClaire. Um, they're who do they have tonight? Uh, yeah, Rutgers and then um, Penn State. Rutgers, a uh, Penn State on set. Oh wow, that yeah. So definitely an emotional week uh, for the team. I mean, have you had the chance to be around anybody at all? Get a feel for how everything's been going or yeah with the, the basketball on Wednesday I didn't get a chance to make it over for the the post-practice availability so I haven't seen any of the players but just talking with John Cook on Monday um devastation was the word he used kind of um described their reaction and this comes after last week Nick Haynes was out sick all week we learned that Capri Davis is going to be away from the team for the foreseeable future we'll see um we don't really know much beyond that um, Cook said he uh, will get he will speak more on it um, when she returns and who knows when that's going to be. But so to have all this happen within the span of a week is tough for anybody. And now you've got your biggest rival coming to your gym on a Saturday night. So hopefully this is a, a case where the uh, the volleyball can kind of be their escape where they can really come together. Cook talked about just how tight they are. Um, having Haynes back to practice. She didn't practice at all last week. I think that makes a big difference. Uh, and it is nice having that Rutgers kind of buffer game there. Yeah. Um, get back out there and kind of get all your emotions out in a game that um, you really should be able to win playing your C game or, yeah. or even below. Um, so hopefully they'll be able to kind of get through whoever they need to on Saturday or on Friday, and then they can lock in uh, for that Saturday match. No, I, I agree 100%. I think that uh, out of your three, I know you're not full on the football beat, but I feel like vo- volleyball, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, is volleyball your lowest your lowest stress beat? Or- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's getting to cover a couple of national titles, a Final Four every year. Yeah. That's hasn't been too bad since I've taken over. Yeah, not, not too shabby. So we'll, it, It's nice being able to write about wins every week. Uh, as opposed to having to figure out how to not write the same exact thing after losses every time. <laughs> no, I can then definitely. You don't have people uh, coming after you on any any versions of the internet chirping how you talk about you know the uh, the Teflon program of the Nebraska Athletic Department that is John Cook's Husker volleyball. But so speaking of you know getting to cover Final Fours, just you know little question. You've you know. You've had some. You had four good years at Creighton to be covering Creighton basketball on the uh, volleyball beat. You've gotten to go to some Final Fours. You've had an interesting few years of Nebraska basketball, to put it lightly. Um, I've asked this question to the last two sports guests I've had, and it was, "What you can give me your favorite game that you've covered, and your favorite game that you you didn't have to cover it, but that you've been in attendance for." All right, so the answer to both is probably the same, and it was uh, Doug McDermott's senior day when he scored over, he went over three thousand points. Yep. Um, at, I that Providence like that, that was insane. Just yep. being in the building at that point. Um, actually, so um, from that season directly led to me getting this job because yep. I did some freelance work for um, Hale Varsity at that point because. Uh, the university paid Aaron Babcock, our founder and previous owner, to uh, um, to put together a yearbook for the basketball team for Doug McDermott's senior year. And so they reached out to me at the NCAA tournament that year and asked, hey, um, you, you want to help them? So I ended up uh, reaching back out to him and ended up putting up a lot of pieces on that going back. And I repurposed my uh, 
um, my se- that senior day story, which ended up, <laughs> it was one of the longer pieces I wrote. It was kind of part column, part recap, part whatever. It's just um, kind of one of the more fun stories that I've written. Um, and just being, the way it happened, it just, it was like a storybook ending for that. I, I'm glad they got that game considering what happened in the tournament that year. Yeah. <laughs> but just being in that game for that, that day or being in the arena for that day, being courtside, seeing how it all played out. That was probably the most surreal experience I've had. Yeah. I forgot that you were, you were in the building for the, the tourney in San Antonio too. I was there. Yeah. I was, I was there, uh, both, uh, for the day where Creighton and Nebraska played, which I still still was one of the most interesting sports days that I can remember, and then that game that game on that Sunday night, I was there as well, and just you know, I was just such a weird weekend, man. Like there's that was the first, uh, ironically enough, that was the first time I met Coach Miles was oh. that weekend. Like literally, I was a sophomore in high school, and I jokingly told people, I'm like, all right, I'm you know going to I'm. I told people the entire year, I'm like, Nebraska makes a tournament, I'm there. Like, I got to be there. I got to be there. I bugged my dad, you know, hey, dad, you know, Nebraska makes a tournament, we're going. He's like, all right, I'll believe it when I see it. My, <laughs> da- my dad, the bless his heart, the eternal pessimist, you know. But that then, you know, the run, no sit Sunday happens, you know, every Nebraska basketball, oh, no sit Sunday happens, and it was just a roller coaster. I mean, I, we literally, that selection Sunday, they're like, all right, they're going to San Antonio. Creighton's going to be there too. We're like, okay, tickets, click. We're <laughs> thankfully we had, had we've had experience thanks to having a ton of family in Texas of driving from Omaha to Texas. Which if you've never done it, don't do it. But if you've ne- if you've never yeah. if you've never done it, don't do it. Also. I- don't get sick the morning of your flight down there either. That oh, was not enjoyable. Oh no! I, yeah, I was not. I was. Lit, I was in my like throwing up the morning of our flight departing, oh, no. laying in the bathroom that couldn't oh, sleep that night. Good lord! Um, we so yeah. Neither one of us had an enjoyable trip down oh, there. But the running the running joke for me the entire week was: all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be in San Antonio. I'm gonna meet. Coach Miles, I'm gonna get a picture with Coach Miles. That's gonna happen, and people are just like, oh, whatever. Believe when I see it. We get to San Antonio at like 8:30. We let like we were immediately like, all right, it's night. We're gonna go to the Riverwalk. We need to eat. The first restaurant we walk into, I'm not kidding. <laughs> we walk in the door. I look to the right. There's Miles. And I don't. I forget who else is sitting there with him. I'm just like, holy shit! <laughs> this is this is actually like what? This is gonna happen. This is gonna be a thing. I'm literally I'm wearing a crew neck sweatshirt that my buddy designed for like that season for Nebraska. And I'm just I'm just like, okay, how do I do this? Like, what am I gonna do? Like I, at the time, I'm just like, this is this guy has ended my basketball frustration for the time. Like I'm. And, Little did I know what I would go on to be doing, you know, and working, working with him every day for, for three years, man. But I mean, it's just, it's one of, one of the funniest stories I have to tell because when, when I started working for Miles, I showed him the picture of the two of us and, and I said, yeah, uh, this was in, uh, San Antonio. He goes, was this before or after the game? And he goes, just kidding. I can tell it's, he goes, I can tell it's before the game because I'm smiling and I'm everything and everything's positive. I'm smiling. I'm like, yep, it was, uh, this was the night before he goes, times were so much better. <laughs> vibe was, the vibe was so much better. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, I, uh, yeah, they sent a camera with Matt Borgald and I, I mean, he was a sports hero at the time. I was uh, the basketball beat writer and, uh, 
sent a camera with us. We had no idea like how to use it really. I hadn't taken the class yet at that point or whatever, but it's like, here, take this with these, see if you can get anything. So ended up doing it. We Our seats were second row across from the bench. And so I'm sitting there with the camera at, at the end when they, when they subbed all those guys out, pull up the camera, take a shot of Doug McDermott and Austin Chapman and Greg Grant Gibbs and all these guys crying on the bench. Yeah. And that was our cover photo for uh, oh. that, the, the next issue of the Craytonia. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Like, now, what I remember, I remember was, well, I remember about that, that Crane Baylor game was the, the locker room video that they put out. Yeah. That was, that was just so, I mean, that, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to try to pretend like I'm I'm some huge Creighton fan, but even even for me, oh, yeah, I was just like that was. I'm just like, damn. Like yeah. I was. Oh, yeah. just, like, I don't know how you can be around sports teams and not see that and resonate with just kind of that feeling and um, just what it was saying and just how what everybody's feeling at that point. Like no matter who you're a fan, like yeah, there's some jerks that will see it and just enjoy the Schadenfreude, but. Um, I mean, if you're just like a general sports fan, you see that you can't help but kind of feel that their pain and um, just that the whole emotion of that that moment. Yeah, no, it's definitely that's definitely a weekend that I, I will never I'll never forget. It was just so unique in so many ways. But who knows? Maybe we'll have similar when it comes to basketball in this state. We'll wrap it up. I'm going to ask. Uh, we hardly talked about UNO, but I will ask you. I will ask for you to give me your outlook for all three D1 teams in the state this coming year, and we'll start Ooh. with whoever you want to start with. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess we'll, we'll start with Nebraska. Um, it's kind of the one that I've looked at the most right now, and obviously, it's it's hard to know. Again, we're going off of one game with an NAI team, and then one script uh, streamed. Uh, game against a uh, French or Italian, Italian academy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so we don't, I mean, who knows at this point, but you kind of look at Hoiberg's first year at Iowa State. He stacked it on conference with a bunch of cupcakes, racked up a bunch of wins, then went 3-13 and 13 in the league and finished 500. I think looking at this roster, he's got more win-now pieces than he did then because um, he had some he had some transition guys. He uh, George Yang, I think, played right away as a freshman. Yeah, Deontay Gear was a good player coming back for them. They added a uh, not uh, not Yang uh, Melvin Edgem, more pieces I think that can help them win. And I uh, went back a couple a few weeks back and did my um, Big Ten projections, and I think I put Nebraska ninth as opposed to thirteenth where everybody else did. Um, and that's I mean they could finish anywhere like seven through. 13th, I guess, if everything falls apart. I think they've got more talent than Northwestern. But um, did you notice that uh, – did you know that Northwestern gave a scholarship to a lacrosse player? I did see and that. still only has, like, I think 10 scholarship players? They, yeah. They lost everybody. They are, f- picked a kid off a lacrosse team. Yes. And, and, and Teddy Green up being starting for him. And Teddy Greenstein still picked Nebraska last in the Big Ten. So that's just yeah. – um, right. So <laughs> I, I think – NIT is kind of what you're shooting for. Like tentatively, you just hope have a get over 500 here. Don't fall apart in the Big Ten. I think there will be teams that they can match up with and get some wins against. But uh, I think the NIT is kind of a realistic goal that you can shoot for to have good success in year one to spring yourself forward to more moving forward as these guys. Because you don't know about the junior college guys, how quickly they'll be able to um, make an impact and be consistently good. Um, don't know how quickly some of these guys will be able to really 
adapt to what Hoiberg wants to do. And again, we don't know how this roster physically will match up with big 10 teams, but um, I think NIT is kind of what you're shooting for there. Um, if you fall short of that in some kind of postseason there, um, it would be disappointing, but I don't think it's entirely heck again, they were picked by 13th. Yeah. Although I don't know that I've actually seen a breakdown of the Nebraska roster um, by anybody in the national media that references who's actually on the team as opposed to just them not having anybody back. Yeah. So you don't know, <laughs> did these did these people even look at the, the team? Or is it like, oh, they lost everybody. We're just going to put them way down there. Yeah. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, so I think that's kind of, you're hoping for NIT, anything above that, and is it just a resounding success, anything below that, and disappointment. But um, I don't think it should fans should be worried at all. It's, again, transition year. They were just trying to patch this together and figure things out. So that's Nebraska. Shoot for NIT. Don't get your pitchforks out if they fall short. If they make the NCAA tournament, build a statue. I know. I, I agree 100%. Um, yeah, it's it's basically – I mean, I'm just I'm, – I'm interested to – like I said earlier, it's all about growth. It's all about, you know – especially we've talked – we've said before, I mean – the JUCO guys really are going to be the key of like how quick they can adjust to be to big boy basketball. Focus really, on my main feature. For and then the, and then there and then there's the Shamil Stevenson question too. Yeah. We'll see how that we'll see how that plays out too. Looks like when these these waiver decisions come out, they come out in waves. So we'll see. We've got like. 45, 50 left. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll see. Yep, so we'll see how that goes. I have no idea where she Stevenson is on that that priority list, but uh, yeah, hopefully sometime soon. So we'll transition to the alma mater. How yeah. about how about Creighton? And so I I was really excited about this team going into the year. I got a chance to go back and watch a couple practices, and Jacob Epperson was looking really good. He wasn't a hundred percent full go, but um, I watched two practices and span. Um, span of a few different days and he did more the second than he did the first that I saw and he was blocking shots finishing above the rim just doing some stuff that nobody else on the roster can so when when I heard the news I was just absolutely devastated for him and it really does I think temper expectations for and the ceiling like you mentioned for this team that being said the perimeter guys are really good on this team I think Mitch Ballack is going to have a huge year um, I'm getting Ty Jerome type vibes just in terms of what he's, uh, I think he's capable of doing. He's not going to handle the ball. He's not going to actually actively run the point most of the time like Jerome did. Yeah. But in terms of he's the best passer on the team and he's the best shooter on the team, um, yeah. about 6'5". Um, so I think just kind of he can do a lot of things that Jerome did and have that a similar season, maybe not in terms of raw totals, but effectiveness and what he does well. And you got Tyshawn Alexander if he can just find some consistency. Um, I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing for Creighton, like it doesn't always have to be a comparison to Nebraska, but like when we're talking about Nebraska, you know, they've been a team for you know six months or whatever. These Creighton guys, yes. it's like a quarter of Creighton's minutes last year was Mintz, Zagorowski, Balik. And Tyshawn. Yeah. And there were points where all of them were on the court together, and Mitch was uh, playing the four, which, I mean, I don't know. It's going to happen again. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Well, okay, I guess now at this point um, with the injuries to Davion Mintz being out of the lineup to start the season, although Damian Jefferson is banged up as well, but he uh, is at least practicing. So I think you'll see Mitch start at the three now um, with with Tyshawn and Marcus in the back. 
front court, and then you have Damian Jefferson and Christian Bishop starting in the front court. Um, but even then, like Jefferson's six five, yeah, he's athletic. <laughs> he he rebounds the heck out of the ball for his position, uh, for his size or whatever. But so that's kind of where you, you match up with Nebraska again. It's those two teams; they're gonna physically match up pretty well with yeah. each other because uh, yeah. Ivan, big kid, they got him listed at six nine. I don't know that he's six nine. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, and I think Bishop's listed at six seven. He might be a little bit taller than that, six seven and change, six eight, whatever. But uh, so that that's going to be the key is how many minutes can Christian Bishop give them and how effective can be because now you don't have the three headed center rotation that you are counting on with uh-huh. Everson and Kelvin Jones. I think there's going to be a big learning curve for him. Um, one to not pick up a foul every time down because he kind of did that playing for Idaho State. Yep. Um, and then also being able to do what he needs to do within Nebraska or Nebraska. Creighton's system was on both sides of the court. Yep. Um, there's You, you got to be smart to play for Greg McDermott, and he's still kind of figuring out some of that stuff. So I think the, the success of the season is going to come down to how many minutes a game can Bishop give them and how effective he can be, and then – health at this point they can't have anybody else get hurt yeah the one big um difference maker i think could be denzel mahoney and um like uh stevenson right now stevenson is going to hopefully get his waiver but if he's not he'll be eligible second semester same thing with uh, mahoney there's no waiver there he'll just be eligible second semester yep. but um he's a guy that can shoot the lights out he's six five broad shoulders really long arms He's a guy that can play that that stretch four spot even better, I think, than Ballot can, just in terms of physically matching up and holding his own. They'll put him at the top of their one three one, and he can be really disruptive up there just with his uh, his wingspan. And then I think he can draw a little bit more contact than some of those guys as well. So you've got that guy kind of joining the lineup later on, and I think he could end up being one of their better players by the time his um, career is done at Creighton over the next year and a half. No, I I agree. And then there's of course there's our guy Sharif Mitchell. Yes, uh, who's, he's gonna play now. He's gonna play. I mean, he was gonna get minutes because of how tenacious of an on-ball defender he was. Because the question with Creighton always seems to be defense. Yeah. And now, I mean, he's gonna. So you've got your your backup point guard, which is your starting combo guard, and your best defender. He's on the shelf for at least the first few games. Yeah. So now, yeah, the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, Sharif should get a big opportunity to go out and show the coaches, hey, I deserve to be in the rotation all season long. Yep. And we'll see if he can do it, see if he can handle it physically. Um, it looks like he has put on quite a bit of weight, yep. quite a bit of muscle, and he looks good in practice. He, I think he's really making a big impression just based on what he's been doing there. Um, it'll be just can he can he make the right decisions and can he hit shots? Um, yeah. Because the, the defense is certainly going to be there. So I think uh, – NCAA tournament's got to be even with the injuries. Um, at this point, you gotta you gotta show progress. So like another NIT, then I think this things will really stall out. So they've got to make that leap and get. I, I don't know where they're gonna finish in the big in the big uh, Big East again. I think the top seven teams could end up being any kind of order, um, but they've got to make the, the NCAA tournament and then hopefully win at least one game there. Maybe yeah. they can get hot if they get the right guys back and uh, are on a roll and make some kind of run. But they've got to get there first and then hopefully get a win. And then that can, I think, really set up for a huge next year kind of yep. to make that leap with Balak senior year and all those guys. Yep. No, I agree. And then there is the Mavs. 
yes, we hardly touched on them, but there are three D1 teams in this state, so we're going to uh, chat about them too. I think they were picked fourth in the Summit. Uh, They bring back – they lose Zach Jackson and Mitch Hahn, obviously, which is going to be tough to, you know, replicate the production that they brought, but – uh, they do still have K.J. Robinson and J.T. Gibson coming back, which the question with them is just can they be consistent? Yeah. Um, and then they – I, I uh, Wan Yang being back, um, I thought, you know, going into the year, maybe they wouldn't have to park him in the post as much as they did last year. Spoil- nope, they're going to have to do that again. Yeah. But um, I really th- – I you know, the Summit League – Outside of North Dakota State is kind of also a big question. Um, well, yeah, and that's like, yeah, you, um, you know, lost those guys. Like, I'm, I'm so happy Mitch had the, the year he did after all the injury issues and everything he went through his first few years of college. Uh, that dude, he was so good in league play. Um, I was there at the uh, South Dakota State game. We were, sitting, game we were sitting in the same yep. section. Yep. We uh, were that, sitting in the same section at that, that game. That, yeah, that, that's on the short list for you talked about some yep. of the best games you've been to. That's on the short list nope, there. That, um, I agree. But so South Dakota State lost uh, Mike Dom and David Jenkins. And, and their then, coach. Yeah, and their coach. <laughs> love, love, and IUPUI lost uh, John Conchar. Yep. So you kind of – those are probably the three best players in the league right there. Yep. Uh, and they're all gone right now. Yep. So, yeah, you and I lost a lot, but they're bringing a, a good core back. And um, I think, again, you got uh, North Dakota State at the top. They're bringing almost all their guys back. Um, shout out to uh, Sam Greasel, um, Lincoln East Project up there that earned his way onto the four in the starting lineup as a true freshman just yep. because of his hustle and athleticism and all that stuff. And Vinny Shahid, uh, former Western Nebraska uh, community college pro- uh, prospect that uh, played with uh, Jeremy Green his his freshman year. Can't and forget about Samuelson too. Yeah, um, if I learn, if I the thing I heard the most about him was because of the connections that Nebraska staff had with North Dakota State was that they their favorite thing about him was that they got him for free for a year. Was <laughs> yeah. they got that, they, yeah, this is the kid that <laughs> walked on and. Earn his way in a scholarship and became a team captain. Yep. Like, you don't see that very often. And yep. it's not like he's putting up 20 points a game. Yep. He did that because of the little things and what he meant to the, just that program and, and all, all his teammates and everything there. Because, again, he wasn't one of their best players. But he could shoot the lights out. He gave you everything he had every time out there on the court. And he's a great chemistry guy. And that um, that I'm, I'm happy that, again, that he's had the success he has had. And then speaking of – Local kids up there, South Dakota, I think, number yep. two as well. They're right up there as well with Tristan Simpson starting at the point. Um, Tyler Hagedorn. Tyler Hagedorn coming off that retro year. He's uh, – I thought – my brother actually played uh, on at the Metro Summer League on the team with um, Tristan and Tyler. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to talk to them, those guys, a few times this summer. That was good. Good to see him. Good to see Tyler playing healthy and knocking down shots. Um, stretch big that can really shoot the ball. So you got those two guys, and then they've got one of the best players, arguably the best player in the league, I think, a Moody. Um, yep. So South Dakota's going to be up there. And then after that, why can't UNO be right there? Exactly. Um, you mentioned the main guys I got, JT and um, KJ Robinson and Io, kind of mixing in there, just settling things down, just a yep. consummate point guard. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see. The, uh, the additions they made. Obviously, Matt Pyle is one of the best big yep. guys in the conference. He can be a double-double guy in any given game. 
But uh, they added a couple of transfers, a junior college transfer, uh, Marlon Ruffin, 6'5 kid that they were really happy about, put up really good JUCO numbers. Um, I'm, I'm really intrigued by Darius Hughes. Um, they've got him listed at 6'7", 230. Dude has some broad shoulders. He does not look like he's a little <laughs> kid. Uh, I saw him this summer at the Metro League as well. Yeah. Um, and Pretty sure one of the guys they got, I don't know, I forget, they got another kid from Pyle's AAU team, I thought, was one another another Kansas kid. They let, they, yeah, they, they love, their, they Kansas love their Kansas kids. I'm pretty sure they got one, either one of Pyle, not one of Pyle's high school teammates, I think it was one of Pyle's AAU teammates. But So they, the other the other freshman there is Lamel Robinson. Um, he uh, played for Run GMC. Yep. Um, and then they've also added Marco Smith. Um, a transfer from UMKC. Uh-huh. Um, that I, um, so he, he'll be a sophomore guard. He's kind of a flashy um, get buckets type of guy. Yeah. So they added all those guys to what they've got coming back with that core. I just hope Gibson can have a healthy year and kind yep. of make that leap, kind of like Zach Jackson did. Jackson was really good as a junior. He was outstanding. He was one of the best players in the conference last year. On uh, any given night, he could go out and give you 20, give you 10, uh, they give you three, four assists, like whatever you need to do, he can do it. Um, and that's the kind of thing that they're going to need out of Gibson. Yep. Um, so, yet again, the Summit's a one-bid conference, so the NCAA tournament's not really there unless they find a way to make a run in the conference tournament. But there's no reason that um, these guys can't, again, finish top three in the league, I think. Gotcha. No, I agree 100%. So, yeah, that is Bigelow's Basketball Preview Special. Uh, I think that's what we'll call it. Uh, we talked about basketball at all three levels. Uh, thanks again, Jacob, for doing this. Like you said, we've been talking about this for a long time, and we made it happen. I enjoyed this. I always enjoy uh, talking to you, and uh, this, will, this won't be the last time <laughs> we're talking basketball this year. I can, I can guarantee you that. So uh, anything you want to tell the people about Hale Varsity? Got any deals going on for basketball season or anything uh now nah, you just go subscribe uh pretty pretty good deal it's all one bundle now you subscribe you get um the magazine the magazine every month and then you also get access to all our premium content on the website um pretty good deal we pump out a lot of stuff between all uh, volleyball football basketball i got a lot of stuff coming this year uh, between myself uh Derek peterson greg smith on the the recruiting news aaron Sorensen, brandon vogel mike babcock we've got a great crew over here um, so follow us on social media at Hale Varsity. Uh, my handle is at Jacob Padilla underscore on Twitter. Um, so you can you can always find me there. Reach out to me there, and uh, this it's it's gonna be a lot of fun this year. No, I'm really excited, man. It's just it's. I feel like a new person every time basketball season gets uh, gets it going here in October and November. Uh, like he said, they got a really good crew here at Hale Varsity. Uh, go subscribe. Go follow them. On social medias, thanks again to Jacob. Uh, maybe you'll be back later with me to talk about some Husker hoops, depending on how the year's going. But guess number four, put it on your mantle. You can, <laughs> it's a distinction you will have forever. Thanks, Jacob. Appreciate you very much. Thanks for having me. How are you, Liam? Godlike. Godlike. How you feeling? Godlike. Good. Thanks for coming by. Pleasure. That interview was brought to you by Nobody. Um, but we are seeking a sponsorship from water, uh, water. It's good for you. Um, if you would like to sponsor us, um, instead of water, um, let us know in the comments down below.
Um, or uh, or shoot an email to uh, letsboogiepod at gmail.com. We will you, gladly... You, you could also do that. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll gladly uh, do a little <clears throat> reading. We'll do a little reading for you if you'd... Uh, if you'd like. Um, so thanks again to Jacob. Uh, I know you're probably thinking, wow, that was long, but, uh, there's just, a, this is going to be a fun basketball year in this state. And we, uh, we touched on just about everything that, uh, we could, uh, we could talk about. So thanks again to Jacob. Uh, I hope you guys liked that. Um, but yeah, so enough with sports, let's get interesting. So the minute I saw this clip, I knew that this would be something that uh, that me and Matt could talk about. Uh, this week, uh, former President Barack Obama at Bless a uh, at a summit hosted by his uh, foundation in Chicago. Uh, he had a little uh, Q and A in front of a panel, or I forget who the audience was, but uh, someone I don't know the question, but someone asks for his thoughts on uh, woke culture and cancel culture and that whole sort of thing. I know we've, we've, it's not something that we harp on, but it is something that has been mentioned here. I mean, you can't, it's hard you, not can't to. you yeah. can't avoid it. It's kind of everywhere. Never going to, you know, this, this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff. I, you should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. People who you are fighting may love their kids. And, you know, share certain things with you. And, and, and I think that one danger I see among young people, particularly on college camps, is Malia and I talk about this. Yara goes to school with my daughter. Um, but I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb or then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself because man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. <laughs> Let me get on TV, watch my show, watch Gronish. Um, you know, that's not, that's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change. You know, if, 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 if all you're doing is casting stones, uh, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get that far. That's easy to do. And what I liked about this, I mean, what I liked about this clip, was, I mean, I've always, I've always respected uh, Obama. I've respect, I've, he, especially, I mean, I don't know. He just, just, he's always been a really good speaker. Uh, he's, you know, had some very impactful speeches and this wasn't even like, this wasn't even like, it's not like he said something deep or something thought provoking. He's just right. <laughs> he's just on the money with this. And, um, 
I can I know there were tweets out there that said something like that people were actually like very like mad at this, like said it was so disappointing to see uh to see Obama criticize uh woke activism and cancel see, but those culture. People, those people annoy the fuck out of me because what they're basically saying is, oh, Obama's not on our side. Guess what? There is no sides on this shit, guys. Like, your tweet is not real action. And I think that was more, more what he was trying to say. I think he was saying, if you want to bring about real change, if you want to claim that you're partaking in activism go out and do something put your phone down your tweets and your hashtags aren't like aren't as impactful as you think they are and that's because people put themselves in as in in an echo chamber so um you know you get 10 likes on something uh that you usually would get like four likes on and you're like, oh wow, people must really like this. No, I must ten know. People saw I must it. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, ten people saw it. They moved on with their day. You think your head is so big over this that you just think that you're now an influencer or something like that? Yeah, you're not. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, you're ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time. Something you say on Twitter. Just like Chris D'Elia said, nothing matters less. <gasps> nothing yeah. well, nothing like, could matter quite less than a tweet. <laughs> even, even if your tweet gets like 400,000 likes per se, that means 400,000 people like it. That's a lot of people. But have you ever actually like thought about a tweet from like a week ago, two weeks ago, that that had a lot of likes that you even liked yourself do you ever think about that tweet? Do you go, damn, that was a really good tweet. That made me rethink what 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 I was doing with my life and how I view the world. No. You move on to some dumb shit, some meme about boomers, and you go about your day. That was that was the dumbest thing I saw on the internet this week, but I mean we'll 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 talk about that. The later. boomers. But the the boomer, the okay boomer. That yeah. was the that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. That's stupid. But but I really liked this this uh, clip. Uh, I've always respected uh, respected Obama how he tells it. Um, but yeah, like yeah, I said, I don't. That's about as political as this podcast will ever get. Um, yeah, I was gonna say like <laughs> um, I don't ever. I I don't think I've ever agreed one hundred percent on a politician about all of their views and opinions and stuff. But Barack Obama was by far the coolest president we've had, maybe ever will have, and he's one of the best um, public speakers around, um, and he's not stupid. Um, Republicans well, can say, well, like, <laughs> Republicans can say, like, all this dumb, like, sometimes racist stuff. Like, Barack Obama is not a dumb man. <laughs> no. Like, the thing about the American political system that is just so baffling is, like, the people who just, oh, I could never vote for this person. I could never, like, they do that. They've done this. Like, they did this 20 years ago. You know what? You're going to have to choose eventually. You're going to have to make a choice. And you're going to have to, like, use actual logic and reasoning. Like, maybe you should, like, maybe you should look into 
more than just the letter next to somebody's name. There is nothing more sad to me than watching someone blindly follow a politician just because they're a part of their own party. That is unbelievably sad to me that they don't even look into other people from the party well, and in, or and from this, the opposite party. And, and in this country, there's only, I mean, there's only two, there's only two options. You, you're either one, it's, it's literally like, I don't know. It's always just, ba- it's baffled me to just the blind loyalty. But at the same time, it's not two options. Like I, I don't think Andrew Yang is a true Democrat. Um, the same as sometimes Donald Trump isn't a true Republican on some of the policies that he has or the views that he has. But, but uh, what I mean, what I mean by that is no, no candidate from the the Green Party is ever going to gain traction in a, in an election. Or yeah, no, or but no, but the problem like, with bringing in more parties is that you have like a like the possibility of a thirty percent split, like three ways, and that's just like. A third of the country wants one guy. A third of the country wants another. Yeah, then, then the whole right. country's fucked. It's politics. Yeah, so much fun. We're gonna yeah. solve politics right here and now on the Let's we're gonna Boogie do podcast. We're gonna do it. Uh, yeah, we're here. We're Here's here how to, to solve s- politics: kill them work. all, rise above anarchy. Uh, you get what you fucking deserve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll be selling clown masks on our link tree. Todd Phillips here pretty has inspired soon. me. Yeah, Todd to, Phillips to start a political revolution. To start an incel revolution, <laughs> you know, just like Are just we like incels? just like CNN predicted, it's gonna start an incel of white men just getting pissed at the world. You know, Are we incels. I mean, I don't know. That's up to your. That's up to your interpretation, man. Leave a but... like, comment below if you think we're incels. <laughs> Be sure to like and subscribe. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, politics. We solved it. We solved it right we now. We did solve um, it. But so uh, thank you for uh, listening. Speaking speaking of solving things, uh, the other kind of big news that happened since you last heard us was uh, the NCAA. Uh, talking about name, image, and likeness, which I was disappointed in because, I mean, it's it's huge. It's a big thing for uh, college athletics, and it seemed like everybody was most worried about a video game. When's NCAA football going to come back? When, when are we going to get NCAA football? <laughs> like, come on, dude. Like, it's it's such a bigger issue than a video game. And it's, you know, as someone who's been around college athletics for the last three, four, three, three-ish years, uh, I mean, I can tell you that uh, college athletes aren't worried about being in the next edition of NCAA football. <laughs> that's the least, that's the least of their worries. Yeah, and like, we've, we've also talked about this um, off the record, um, like, Imagine being a college student, being on national television, playing sports, getting a full ride to a university, and that's still not being enough. Like, you have fame from being an athlete at, like, 19. And yes, there are are universities where students do get – they're not – like, they get – like, there are student – there are universities where – uh, student athletes get monthly uh, stipends, you know, to help them buy food, pay rent, uh, pay their phone bill, uh, things like that. 
there are, you know, points where, you know, I think I remember it was like Shabazz Napier talking about how he didn't have food for a week or something back when he was at Connecticut. Like there are like there's been, you know, these instances that have kind of galvanized the discussion about uh, name and likeness. Uh, the best way to interpret this NCAA ruling is it's uh, it's the NCAA saying, yeah, we're going to have to do something. Uh, we might as well start now. Try uh, it. Yeah. We're, like, we might as well get the ball rolling, um, especially after uh, states like California passed the legislation saying that it w- could be done in the state of California. And initially the NCAA said something like, okay, if this becomes law, you know, California colleges aren't going to be in the NCAA. And literally, like, less than two months later, this comes down, which I think just proves that it's kind of a, all right, this is our delay tactic. We're going to get the ball rolling. But if you're at home uh, counting down the days, you've got your your calendar in the corner checking off days until an NCAA football game is going to come out, uh, you've got, like, two, maybe three years. Uh, it's not going to be right away you're not going to get instant gratification because there's a lot of details that need to be buffed out uh it's not just going to be you know division one athletes it's going to be all divisions you know d1 d3 d2 everyone you know it's got to be it's got to be implemented and put into effect at so many levels so many different schools uh and i can tell you that uh, the governing bodies of these multi-million dollar uh, institutions and athletic departments, they want to just figure this shit out. They're not just well, like... I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they made that ruling because, like, people point to... I think ultimately what you can point to for an excuse for them to get paid is the fact that these colleges, the, the TV um, companies, these guys make so much money off these players. And... They're not getting paid. I'm, I mean, that's that's ultimately what it comes down to for me in being okay with the ruling is that why should these other people be getting this rich over stuff when you could be giving a, a, a bit of contribution to the guys actually putting in the work, you know? Yeah, I mean, and I just, I mean, I if you're somebody who's like staunchly against, you know, something like this happening, like if you're someone who's, like I, I can't, I, I can't look at college sports the same if, if Jim, if if Jim Bob Johnson getting recruited by Auburn's making money. I don't know if I can watch Auburn football. It just don't feel right. Don't feel the same. If if these kids making money is gonna make how you interpret college sports any different than how you see it already, that's that's your own fault. You're you've got yeah. that's your own problem, man. Um, but we'll see. Uh, it's definitely the start of uh, what I think will be a lengthy process. But the, yeah, that was probably the biggest thing that's happened since uh, we last uh, we last spoke. So let's transition in to some segments. Uh, I want I want you to talk about uh, the movies you've seen recently because uh, they've been some good ones. So talk to the people about uh, your movies. So I know people people who know me know. I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood four times in theaters. It's my favorite movie of the year. Until, I'm saying this now, because I haven't told Bigelow this yet, Parasite is better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is still my favorite 
in terms of enjoyability. Parasite um, from Korean director Bong Joon-ho is incredible. It's a masterpiece. Um, I still think I prefer his uh, earlier movie, uh, Memories of Murder. Um, But if Parasite is playing in a theater near you, you're going to have to do some reading, but damn, it's enjoyable. I'll give you a quick quick synopsis. Um, This family basically... Um, is out of work, and w- and the son gets an opportunity to um to be a tutor for this very rich family's daughter. Um, so he does this, and they slowly start invading the home of this rich family, and it's one of the most unique concepts that I've ever seen, and like it just gets crazier and crazier all leading to a climax that I didn't see coming out of anywhere. Um, so yes, it's Korean. It's a foreign movie. I know a lot of Americans have a problem with Americans as if I'm not American myself. Um, Americans have a problem with foreign movies and reading, but this one is totally worth it. Um, so go check that out. Um, other than that, the lighthouse is, Pretty damn incredible as well. Um, that's one of the weirder movies that you're going to see. But um, from a technical standpoint, uh, it's perfect. Um, if you don't dig weird, artsy, psychological horror, but also comedy mixed into it, um, you probably won't enjoy it that much. But I think it's one of the better movies this year and will surely win some Oscars. Um, so... Other than that, I'm looking forward to Dr. Sleep. I don't know if you're planning on seeing that, Bigelow. Um, the, Shining is, um, <clears throat> the Shining is probably my favorite horror movie of all time. And like Stanley Kubrick, his, his, his masterpiece, a lot of people point to 2001 as his masterpiece movie. But The Shining is a, a great character study. Um, also has one of the best performances of all time with Jack Nicholson. Um, so it's going to be hard to follow that up. Um, I think Dr. Sleep might suck, but the early reviews say meh, so I'll still check it out. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I, it's definitely got my interest peaked. Um, uh, so I, I've never watched The Shining in its entirety. I've only seen like the climax, like the ending, and then like the lead up to it. Um, but I have read the book. I know. Nerd alert! Um, yeah, but, you just insulted uh, me. Not gonna I, lie. I know. I'm a failure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've heard really good things about The Lighthouse. Uh, I've seen people say that they think that's the best movie of the year. Um, <clears throat> haven't seen any, uh, aside from, like, the Metascore and Letterboxd reviews, I haven't seen a lot about, uh, about Parasite, but... Parasite has a 95 on Metacritic, and uh, it's also the highest, it's one of the highest rated movies of the decade. Um, That, okay. (laughs) uh, It's just one of those movies that, like, like I was telling you, it's an, it's emotional roller coaster. You'll, you'll laugh out loud. There are some great jokes in there. You, you, I didn't cry, but there are some moments that might make you want to cry. Um, there are movies, there are moments that are going to have you clenching your cheeks. Um, definitely some tension. 
And then, it, like I said, things just go batshit crazy. And on top of all this, um, the house that this movie takes place in, they built from scratch. They, they, they built this house, house specifically for the movie. And it's really impressive <laughs> when you think about um, how the house factors in as its own character in the movie. Um, you'll that's, probably have to see it at some Alamo it's a draft very, house. It's a very, uh, a very film student thing to say about how a house is a character in a movie. I can tell you that. Uh, that is... Uh, I, um, well, have you ever seen that... Uh, Dis- uh, isn't it a Disney Channel original movie where, like, the smart house or something like that? Um, do, do you know what I'm talking about? Or, like, uh, the maid is, like a com- like, a robot or something? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I mean, when I think about like houses being care, I mean, I think of like uh, Monster House, Mo- uh, Howl's Moving Castle. That's a weird movie, but that's the- a deep cut. That is a that is a deep cut. Uh, you sure you don't want to talk about the other uh, pieces of cinematic masterpieces mastery that you watched this week, like How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days and uh, oh, Rain Man? Yeah. yeah. Um. I've been watching a lot of fucking movies this week, actually. <laughs> um, we'll just go down the list. Um, I watched Saturday Night Fever. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but um, John Travolta dancing in a very tight, um, very tight 70s suit uh, made me feel some things down below that I'm not sure if I should be questioning. Some warm and fuzzies? Or, <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> um, Dumb, The Story of Big Brother Magazine was another one I watched. It's a documentary of Big Brother Magazine, the skateboarding um, phenomenon uh, back in the 90s. This documentary is very weird, and there is a lot of dicks, um, but also boobs. So um, you can't go wrong with that. Plus, you get to see a young Johnny Knoxville shoot himself um, and Steve-O being Steve-O at a young age. Um, that's where all these jackass guys came from. So if you enjoy jackass, um, that's on Hulu. Um, good time. Uh, but yes, I also watched how to lose a guy in 10 days. Um, the story behind this is, um, my letterboxd, uh, gives me some stats on the highest rated actors, um, in my filmography that I've seen. And the highest rated actor was tied for Charlie Chaplin and Adam Goldberg. And that name might not be recognizable to a lot of you, but he plays one of the stoners in Dazed and Confused. Um, the, one, the one who picks a fight at the end of the movie because the guy was being a douchebag. Um, that's Adam Goldberg. And I wanted him off my fucking number one tab. So I saw that there was a McConaughey movie called How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days that had Adam Goldberg in it. And you know I, I I love me some McConaughey, so I watched yeah, it. Yes, you do. <laughs> and it was awful, um, <laughs> but I was I was buzzed, so it made it a little more enjoyable. Um, but yeah, rewatch Rain Man again too. Rain Man's a great movie. Um, Dustin Hoffman's a beast. My favorite actor. Um, yeah, that that kind of sums up my week in movies. 
Yeah, that's uh, uh, kind of all over the place yeah, in terms def- of <laughs> definitely uh, a all variety. Over the place. Yeah, foreign foreign black and white masterpieces, movies of the year to two thousand three Matthew McConaughey. I'd call that. <laughs> I'd call that about as all star. over the place as you can be. But uh, so okay, we'll get serious. Uh, the only reason we are getting serious is because our one mailbag question this week, which comes from our friend Michael Galeski, or as he referred to himself in his email as Mike from Omaha, his question was, what is the impact each of you wants to have on the world before you die? Thanks, Mike, for being real, uh, <laughs> a, a, a real upper, a real upper there, real, real, uh, <laughs> Yeah, Um, I'll let you answer first since I just talked for a little bit. So this is actually I mean, this is it's not like this is something that's like running through my head. But I mean, my it's kind of my daily mantra. Uh, If I can make someone laugh or even just crack a little smile, I consider that a successful day Um, as someone who has had various bouts with uh my dear friend depression in life uh i can tell you that nobody deserves nobody deserves to be sad nobody deserves to be down in the dumps nobody deserves to be mundane or melancholy especially all the time uh i can tell you that even even laughing at like a corny like dad joke maybe something you say or some or something else can just can make my day better uh so i can tell i can say very genuinely that i want to i just want to be someone who spreads joy whether that be via humor or via um I mean, in any way possible. I just, uh, I, I enjoy making people smile. I really do. I just always have. I was a charmer as a kid, and now, as you can tell, you're not. I'm not a charmer anymore. <laughs> but um, I do. I mean, I, I like making people laugh. So I'd say I want my impact on the world to be someone who made it a little bit brighter. So. Yeah, mine is kind of similar. Um, I was watching um, two things. I was watching Before Sunrise uh, earlier tonight, and this kind of brought it home for me. Um, Ethan Hawke's character talks about how he sometimes thinks about how he would really like to be great at one thing, one profession, be skilled at it, um, and that would make him feel satisfied. So partly... I would like to leave on the world. Hopefully I can become a good filmmaker, make some something that really changes someone's view on something or changes the way that um, someone thinks um, because I've had that impact on me personally where I have watched a movie that really um, just changes me on a deeper level than I initially thought. So I would like to have that effect on someone else. But then... Um, his counterpart, um, Julie Delpy, she responds by saying that um, she 
heard overheard this 52-year-old man talking one time and said that he did this. He um, became the top of his profession, and um, then he looked around and realized he it was kind of for nothing because he had no one to share it with. Um, that now that he had done all these great things, these accomplishments, no one really recognized it because he had tried, he had focused on this one thing so hard. So I think, I mean, I think the ultimate goal of life is to not make it shitty for other people. And being a decent human being um, is something you would think isn't that hard to do. But, um, I mean, I've, I've only been on the earth 21 years and I can tell you that's definitely a, a hard thing to do and nobody's perfect, but I would say being a decent person to other people, but also to myself is definitely what I want to leave. So, yeah, those, uh, those were our best shots and answers to that. Uh, we got asked that question by someone who's, uh, spent the last couple of years actually trying to make the world a better place, uh, <laughs> traveling the world, uh, going to, going to Africa and, Europe and all sorts of cool places. Well, like uh, like uh, Obama was talking about, Mike's actually been out actually doing things instead of tweeting. So shout oh, out Mike, to Mike. Yep, shout out to Mike. He's uh, making a difference. Mike, you are you are a good dude. You, uh, I know you probably inspire some other people to look into uh, actually going about real activism and traveling the world and making an impact. So thanks again for that question, Mike. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, um, like we said, like we said before, if you want us to answer your question on next week's podcast, shoot us an email to let at gmail.com. Uh, anything is on the table. We, uh, will not avoid any questions. So, uh, it doesn't have to be, uh, as sad and sentimental as that one. It can be, some dumb hypothetical whatever you feel like asking so shoot an email to letsboogiepod at gmail.com for next week's mailbag segment uh let's transition to here or not here matt do you have some things uh indeed i do um so first off uh alex caruso is on here again because he put up a poster that uh sent uh set the world aflame I mean, this guy's the real deal. Um, the white mamba sh- nickname should have been saved for Alex Caruso. Oh, he's, the bald, he's the bald mamba. <laughs> That's true. Um, but other than that, uh, you mentioned it earlier, Chris D'Elia. Um, so what are their faces? Uh, bad Baby and... Um, Miss Vicky or something. Uh, I don't even Vicky. Will Vicky. <laughs> got into a fight and for some reason this was like headline news i don't even really know who these people are like i know who they are but i don't know anything about them and crystalia tweeted one of my favorite new phrases which is nothing could matter less um because who the fuck cares about if they're fighting or not um (laughs) they're white trash like at the end of the day they're white trash women who um, should not be famous. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> outside of that, I am 100% here for uh, the Star Wars universe maybe being on a better path with Benioff and Weiss um, exiting the trilogy that was planned. Um, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anybody who watched that last season of Game of Thrones knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, these dudes aren't the best at what they do. And as a Star Wars fan, I wanted more um, than them. So I'm happy that they're not that they're no longer with um, with the universe, the Star Wars universe, because they probably would have messed something up. Um, we forgot about blah blah blah. We for, we forgot we forgot about the Empire's fleet of a uh, fleet of Tie Fighters. Uh, who we forgot who, about who, Luke being a Jedi. Uh, we th- uh, I think uh, yeah no uh, we forgot about that you know. Uh, but what I I'm think... not here, but what I'm not here for is the continuation of the Terminator series. Nobody wants more of these movies. Um, I don't understand why they keep making them, and I don't understand why. Uh, executives think that putting millions of dollars into making these movies is going to make them because it's a bomb at the theater. Um, I mean, it doesn't look awful, but nobody cares anymore. I'm sorry. Bringing back Sarah Connor. Cool. Who gives a fuck? Like, I mean, those Christian, that Christian Bale Terminator movie, just (laughs) that was, that was, that was the boat. That was the ship not only sailing, but hitting a rock, sinking, and bursting into flames at the same time. Um, well, that movie was, yeah, like, that movie wasn't even that bad. It was just, like, that was the point where they should have been, like, yeah, this is the last movie we should make of this series, because no one really cares. But then they made Genesis, and now, I don't I don't even think Genesis was a success. So, um, quit it. Hollywood executives, just stop. I'm tired of it. <laughs> Give it a rest. Give it a rest, Hollywood. Think of some original Knock ideas. Knock it off. Knock it off. Give it a rest. I'm walking in. I don't need Arnold Schwarzenegger in my way. I'm walking in. Give me a pizza. Come on. Pizza. Pasta. Give me a slice. <laughs> Salami. Pepperoni. Two uh, New York impressions in a row. We will definitely be, be continuing this trend. Oh, hello. Um, so I am here for good people getting recognized for good work. Uh, if you saw our tweet this week, a uh, friend of the program, Chris Hetty, uh, our first guest ever, he received an award from the National USA uh, Basketball Writers Association this week for uh, he won their writing contest for it was yeah just best writing contest winner uh chris hetty of the omaha world herald for his uh his column memories from a nebraska basketball writer's first season on the job uh it's a good read you can go check our twitter account for the link to that uh good for chris to get recognized uh he's good at what he does uh i'm also here for omaha boys uh today uh noah fant had a big 75 yard touchdown and DeWinji looking up from the side. They were coming hard. That's Noah Faint breaking tackles in the secondary. There he goes. Foot race. Ward can't get him. He's in for the touchdown. In the Broncos win over the Browns, who were a dumpster fire beforehand, but now they are a dumpster inferno. And yeah, it was his uh, first career 100-yard receiving game. Three catches, 115 and a touchdown for the pride of Omaha South, Noah Fant. What I am not here for 
is uh, the concept of daylight savings time. Yes, I did enjoy uh, an extra hour of sleep. Thoroughly. But, but daylight savings time continues to be dumb. Uh, I kind of forgot that uh, until I was talking to my, my good pal out in Phoenix, I guess the state of Arizona doesn't do daylight savings time. Uh, good on them. That's uh, aside from being a giant uh, furnace, that is the one good thing that is, that state has done. But yeah, daylight savings time is dumb. I'm not really here for it. Um, and I'm also not here for people going out in Halloween costumes on November 1st and 2nd. Guys, wrap it up. It's November. Take a Give lap. It a rest. Wrap it up. Yeah. I don't care if it's, oh, it's Halloween. Shut up. No, it's not. Halloween is October 31st. You already, I mean, people turned Halloween into like a two week thing. Yeah. And it's just not. I've I'm never... a big Halloween fan myself because I love scary movies, but that shit ends October 31st. This is the one time I'll say this. I would rather have someone start listening to Christmas music November 1st than them still wearing Halloween costumes November 1st. And November Move 1st on. is still too early for Christmas music. Yeah, but, but that's yeah, what I'm saying. But yeah, no, it's just. <laughs> it's over. It's it's, it, it's over. It's done. It's it's just give it a rest, especially if you're 22 years old. Uh, put you, yeah yeah, and put, you're a business major. Like put come your on. teenage mutant ninja turtles costume back in the basement for a year. It's not funny. It's not quirky. Just give it a rest. Um, we get it. You've got a whole company due to do Monday, but you know. That meme oh, was interesting too. That was you, an interesting meme. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, oh, you you went as a guy in a Hawaiian shirt for Halloween. Knock it off, Tanner. <laughs> yeah, Matt Larson did it first. Yeah, his culture on. is not your costume. <laughs> his culture is not your costume. That's definitely f- for the culture. <laughs> but uh, what was the transi- meme? Yeah, uh, the like people like the the majors like business majors be like, I got a whole company due Monday, or oh, like yeah. archaeology or anthropology majors be like, I got a whole dinosaur due Tuesday. Like, I also loved the um, <laughs> oh, so you're a film major? Name every film. <laughs> <laughs> the film major version of that that I saw was. Film majors be like, I actually kind of don't have shit to do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's accurate. We have nothing to do and then everything to do. You know what you got, Jay? You got Moxie. But uh, transition to Moxie, I've got two quick ones. Uh, One's positive. One is just Moxie in the dumbest way. Uh, The positive one is Harrison Butker. He's always been one of my favorite Chiefs. Not only did he hit the 44-yard game winner today against the Vikings, he also hit a 54-yarder. Kind of put my fantasy team on his back. But like we said, no one cares about our fantasy teams. But he's definitely got Moxie. Uh, for ending the losing streak and uh, hitting a game winner. Uh, And Moxie, when it comes to stupidity, goes to New York Jets head coach Adam Gase. Uh, The Jets lost to the Dolphins today. 
the Dolphins will not go 0-16. Tanking? Uh, what does tanking mean? That's another thing Schald's mad about, because I know for a fact Schald had money on the Dolphins going 0-16. Um, so Adam Gase today, they asked him after the game if he was embarrassed about the loss. And his answer was, this is the NFL. You can't be embarrassed about shit. And um, that has to be one of the ballsiest things I've ever heard. Yeah. Because, because the, the Dolphins, I mean, yeah, the whole ta- are they tanking, are they not tanking, uh, and then just to lose to them in the way the Jets did. It's, I mean, I've, I've, uh, if the Jet, I mean, I couldn't imagine being a Jets fan. That just sounds like like a death sentence. I couldn't. Imagine well, imagine having Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell on your team and getting a promising QB in Sam Darnold, and you still lose to the fucking Dolphins. They were like, trying to trade Le'Veon, bro. Like I know. they were literally trying to trade that. But imagine man having those deadline. type of players, and you still lose to the Dolphins. Like that must suck. Yeah, man. New York sports, I tell you. New York sports. I'm happy I'm a Detroit Lions fan. (laughs) And then uh, the icing on the cake today uh, for the Jets, I'll I'll make it a third, Moxie, is whatever uh, social media intern runs the XFL's Twitter account, uh, the XFL tweeted, congratulations to the Miami Dolphins on their first victory of the season. We'd say something snarky about the Jets, but some of those guys may be playing for us in a few months. So oh, uh, that's, that's, uh, funny. that's good stuff. That's quality content. But uh, I have you... some moxie. Um, this is kind of a meme, but um, I don't know if you saw the clip. You probably did. The guy who went on Fox News talking about his canines being trained and stuff. And then he goes and t- talks about, oh, I, um, I wish, uh, I wish people wouldn't like want these dogs so quickly, like get a train, blah 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 blah. And he finish, uh, he finishes off this like thirty second rant with, and uh, Epstein was killed, <laughs> 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 or something like that. And this is one of my new favorite memes because it's kind of almost become the new fucker right in the pussy. Because, like, people just say it. It's kind of everywhere, and you really don't know. You, it could pop up anytime, anywhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I just loved how this guy on Fox News said that. Because you should look into it. Come on, uh, Congress, or whoever the fuck. I mean, the, whole, the funniest thing I saw was there was that thing that said that I forget what the name of the position of the person was that was like says Epstein's autopsy points toward homicide. And the first reply was, well, rest in peace to whoever came to this conclusion, because <laughs> they yeah, don't they dead. don't have you're dead. Like, the Clintons are on their way. <laughs> yeah. Hillary Clinton has entered the chat. No, um, <laughs> no, I agree. That's uh, it's definitely Fuck, this is a long one. God damn. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, just shows we've got range. We, we got takes. We got range. We got moxie. We got it all. We got it all. Don't doubt yourself. Wrap it up. <laughs> Things to say, people to please. Um, <laughs> thanks everyone for watching. Uh, not watching, listening. Thanks everyone for listening. It's late. Um, 
you know, it's been a long day. Um, thanks again to Jacob Padilla for coming on and shooting the shit, talking about basketball. Um, we hope to get some more guests here in the future. Um, if you actually listened all the way through, um, I applaud you um, because this is this, this is our longest one by far. Um, and we appreciate you coming back and listening every week. Um, I'll wrap it up by saying we still are available on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitch. Um, and we're going to try to start in- Instagram stuff up. Uh, just trying to spread the word, basically. And it's the also, same at on all of those. Yeah, it's at, very easy to remember. At Let's Boogie Pod, you can also email us, uh, Let's Boogie Pod at gmail dot com. Correct. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, uh, give us some questions to answer. Um, thanks for listening again. Um, in case I don't see a good morning, good evening, and good night. Is that what he says? Almost. Oh fuck. But hey, we'll take it. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank you. Now watch this drive. Fuck no, baby! No. Nothing about this is fantastic. All because of that inbred MC Woody Harrelson. I hope so. (laughs) I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize. What's third? To absolutely nobody!